How's everybody doing this morning? Awesome, awesome. Good to have our senior pastor, Pastor Walt, Miss Joanne, with us this morning. Of course, they're here all the time, but he decided to put the pressure on me today. So, uh, excited about what God's doing today. We're, we're going to launch into a new series called uh, God Has a Language. And it's not going to get weird, I promise you that. Come on, God, God, it's going to be good. But, but we were in Israel a, a few weeks ago and, and just got back from that trip. And uh, the moment that we flew in, we flew in at about 8.30 at night, and I was hungry. And so we get to the, we get to the hotel, and, I, and so I decided, man, I'm going to take a lap and see if I can find something to eat. So how many of you know you got to eat if you're going to keep it going? So we, we hop, uh, I walk out of the hotel, go around the corner, and it wasn't a tourist area. But as I begin to walk out of that, uh, down those streets and into a different area, uh, more of a, you know, cultural area, I was like, man, I got to find something to eat. So I went to one place, started talking. They couldn't understand what I said. I couldn't understand what they said. And I said, man, we got a problem here. And I, and I didn't know the language. And so finally, I found one guy who, who conducted it for us, or for me. And so I was able to order two little pizzas and, and found out that Visa speaks everywhere. Come on. And, uh, and so... I realized, you know, in life, and I felt in that moment, you know, not being over-spiritual or anything like that, but, but I felt like God began to speak to me at that point and say that a lot of times as believers, we, we know who God is, but we don't necessarily understand his language. And we don't understand how powerful he is and, and, and where he comes from because, and, you know, we're born into the world of sinners. We're born into the world with a human nature, and that, that process has to be transformed. That's what Romans teaches us. And so today I want to talk about that grace is a part of that language. And so I, I want to clarify a few things as we get into this, and we'll talk about this over the next couple of weeks. Uh, but grace is not just a, a free ticket to sin. Let me just say that up front in case you're nervous here today and think I'm trying to say that. Grace is an empowerment from God, come on, that allows you to live the abundant life that he came to give you. And so there's an empowerment in that. And so... Uh, um, I began to look at different scriptures. So I'm going to read a few scriptures to kind of lay out uh, uh, the basis of this so that we're all on the same page, okay? Uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 says, for, we, for by grace you've been saved through faith, not of yourselves. Listen, it is a gift of God. It is a gift of God. Grace comes from God. How many of you know Jesus is grace? And, and I'll get into the definitions more here in a minute. It says, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Can I read another scripture? 1 Peter 4.16 says, But may the, Lord, may the God of all grace, who called us into his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, somebody say Christ Jesus, after you've suffered for a while, how many of you know there is pain in this world? I, I was having a conversation the other day with, with someone, and I told him, I said, you know, there, there's an illusion many times that because we have Jesus in our life, we think that in our limited thinking, we think that we're pain-free. Listen, life is full of pain, but come on, God always has the victory. There will be pain in life, but God always has a pathway because how many of you know this isn't heaven? Come on, heaven's supposed to touch earth, but here on this earth, there's things that we've got to deal with in life on a daily basis, and I could go on a list of that. I don't have time. Uh, Hebrews 4.10 says, Let us come boldly, everybody say boldly, to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find, find grace in the, uh, to help in the time of need. And I'm reading scripture here because scripture creates faith. The Bible says, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Romans chapter 3, verse 23 and 24, are you with me this morning? It says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, being justified freely by grace. So we're justified by his grace 
through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Redemption comes from Christ Jesus. Come on. I'm not just trying to prove to you that I can read this morning, even though I've, I've been working on it, right? Romans chapter 6, verse 15 says this. It says, what then? Listen to this. Shall we sin because we're not under the law, but under grace? Certainly not. So again, grace isn't a permission just to go, go a license to sin. Grace is an empowerment of the fullness of God, God's best coming into your life, into your marriage, into your business, into your circumstances, and into your children, and begin to fulfill his will. Come on, not our will. And so, so it's powerful. First Peter, we're almost done with this part. First Peter 1.13, therefore gird up the, the loins of your mind. I like the way this reads. Be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is brought to you by the revelation of Jesus Christ. But, it, but I love that. It, say, it says gird up. There's something manly about that. There's something tough about that. And so I'm, I'm speaking to men and women. How many of you know women are tougher than men? And in and, and this process, but there's something about that it tells us to gird up. And, and, and the reason that we've got to gird up is because we've got a mind to train. We've got a mind to overcome that needs to line up with the Spirit of God and the will of God. And so in order to do that, you've got to be tough. I remember I got in a fight one time and I got my ribs broke. And, and so I was talking to my dad and I, said, I, I, was I told him, I said, man, I thought I was tougher than that. He said, you are tough, but tough hurts. And so I thought, man, that's pretty good. So I'm going to keep that one. About four of you got that, me and Pastor Walton Wayne. And, and 2 Corinthians, I'm going to read out of the Amplified. We're going, to go, we're going to just take a dive here. It says, God is able to make, who's able to make? God is able to make all grace, every favor, every earthly blessing come in abundance to you so that you always, under all circumstances, did he say some circumstances? All circumstances, regardless of the need, have complete sufficiency in everything, being complete and self-sufficient in him and have an abundance for every good work and act of charity. How many of you are glad that God is more than enough? And so in this process, grace has a language. And, and I wrote this statement down. It says, man in, his limit, man in his own ability is limited, but if you add the grace of God and the power of the mind at full capacity, you can change the world. And, and, and what I, I've, I've been thinking about and, and kind of tracing back some of my own path of things that I learned as a young guy in, in, in faith and, and was excited about and those kind of things. But I, but I look back and, I, and, you, and you look at your heroes. You look at those that have stepped out to do things that, that are just bigger than, than, you know, it's like, and I know some of that is gifting, but there's some people that just achieve higher. And it's not because they're better than anyone else. It's just because they're willing to, 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 to lay down that limitation and allow the grace of God to take them to where he wants, want, they want to be. I look at guys like Pastor Walt and Miss Joanne and Dr. Carmen and, and, and people through the years that we've had the ability to watch as they've, they've come up in ministry and gained influence and, and changed the world. And now they're living in that place of abundance where they're able to help and, 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 and be able to impact. How many of you know that's the will of God for all of us? God has that will for all of us. So man and his limitations. And so grace is like an entryway. And so when you give your life to Jesus, if you get this right on the front end, it'll fix a lot of things down the line. If you understand grace, then you'll understand faith. If you'll understand grace, you'll understand righteousness. If you understand grace, you'll, you'll understand how to fully function in the gifts of the Spirit and the things that God's called you to do. But if we misinterpret grace on the front end, 
as believers, it'll cause a lot of problems along the way. And that, that's where condemnation comes in and people struggle with guilt and they struggle with never being, seem like they're, they're able to overcome. And, and, and so I want to encourage you this morning to not allow your mind to limit where God is trying to take you. The mind scientifically is a brilliant thing. I mean, it has the ability, you look at all at different stories throughout mankind of, uh, you know, just be, even being in Israel and seeing the, the, the way that the Romans built and, and all those kind of things. It's just the mind, the mind it, it, in a limited capacity will shut you down, but at full capacity, lined up with faith, come on, anything is possible. And, and, and I'm not talking about turning a Big Mac, come on, into a Burger King burger this morning. I'm talking about anything's possible within the will of God. And, and I, I, I heard a story the other day, that, you know, when the Romans originally... Uh, um, created the mile. I mean, think about this. They, you know, they would race in chariots and different aspects of it, but for over 2,000 years, no one ever broke the four-minute mile. That's a long time. Come on, somebody. I mean, we lived to 70, 100 years old at the most, maybe a little bit over. Over 2,000 years, nobody, nobody broke the four-minute mile. And then, a, and then one day, a scientist decided, hey, I'm going to step out, and I'm going to try to overcome this. Wasn't even a professional athlete. He was a scientist and ends up stepping out. He breaks, ends up breaking the four-minute mile, runs it in three, three, three minutes and, and 59 seconds and some change, and does it in something that they said couldn't be done. Think about that, 2,000 years that the mile was in existence. He's the first person to ever break it, named Roger Bannister, right? 46 days later, another guy steps in, breaks his record. Nobody remembers his name because he wasn't the one that broke the limitation. But in that moment, listen to me, Roger Bannister did something they said couldn't be done. And, 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 and the same is true in our lives. If we view grace in a limited fashion, and we view the will of God in a limited way, then we'll, we'll always just be operating in human standards. But listen to me, human standards is not the will of God. The will of God is heaven operating on earth. And it's operating in, in, in a way that's bigger than we are. Man thinks in limits. Listen, God thinks in power. Man thinks in time. God is eternal. Man thinks of their need. God is our provider. Man lives in sorrow. Come on, God is the giver of life. And man thinks in endings, and God thinks in new beginnings. And so we want to grab hold of that. Our limitation is not God. Our limitation many times is not being willing to step out to do the things that our daddy said we couldn't do, our uncle said we couldn't do. Come on, our city said we couldn't do. And it's being willing to go and, and step out into an arena that is bigger so that the will of God can go beyond you because God is not just about meeting your need. God wants to meet the needs of others through your life. And it's our call, listen to me, it's our call as a Christian people is to be the light of the world. So if we're going to be the light of the world, it's not just about our four and no more. It's not just about our need. We've got to think bigger than that. Come on, church. And, and, and when we get excited about that, so the word grace, it's God's ability coming into your life to accomplish what you cannot do on your own. Right? It's, it's God's favor to support, to endorse, to provide uh, to provide you with advantages and show you special privileges. Now, I've heard this taught in many abusive ways that are self-serving. That's not what I'm talking about this morning. The favor of God is not so we can stand up, come on, and get something new. The favor of God is so that we can go and change the world. It's so that our, our name represents his name. Come on, our authority comes from his authority, and, and the favor of God is so that other people can look up and say, man, I don't know how this happened. Come on, but something's different about this situation. You know, my wife and I were uh, uh, dealing with a thing earlier in the week, and, and, and 
we're purchasing something, and, and the original number's on it. I was like, there ain't no way I'm doing that. And then, uh, and then late, they end up calling um, to do, you know, actually we were buying a camper because I'm tired of sleeping in the doghouse. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and so, we, you know, so they, they present the numbers. I looked at her, and I said, no, nah, you know, it's going to be all right. God has a bigger plan, and, and we'll think about it, blah, blah, blah. And so we go through the process. Anyway, they end up calling us back, and they said, you know, you're not going to believe the deal that just came through. They said, this just doesn't happen. And, uh, and so Kelly, they end up calling her, so she calls me, and, I, and she's like, hey, you're not going to believe this. So she gives the numbers and all these things, and I'm like, well, this is a good deal. And uh, I said, that's what God does. And she goes, well, God did it. And, and, and I was like, there you go. Come on, Jesus, right? And, 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 and in the process of that, when we got in there to talk to, you know, to do the final signing, the guy looked at us, he said, there are people that, should, that, that don't get this kind of rate, don't get this kind of opportunity, this, you know, the favor of God working. Listen to me. And he said, it's like it was just meant to be. And, and I don't care about campers and all that's material nonsense. Listen to me. What I do care about is that God loves you enough to validate himself to you so that you can go with a voice, come on, that'll encourage and inspire and help other people. And so, but listen, we've got to believe that, 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 the, that, you know, that God is available, that he does operate that way, that his grace is upon our life, and there's power in grace. Somebody say power in grace. And, and you look at that. There was a man named Jimmy Irwin. I, I studied this story years ago, but I've always, you know, found it, found it a neat story is that Jimmy Irwin was a young guy, and he, he would get inspired. He'd get excited. And uh, he was a typical young boy, had dreams, and, and, you know, would talk about those dreams. And one night his mom said, Jimmy, you need to get upstairs and go to bed. And so Jimmy ran upstairs, and, and he stands up, gets to his bedroom, but he doesn't go to bed. He's just staring out the window looking at the moon. And, and he's gla glazing at it, and his, and his mother comes up and says, Jimmy, I told you to go to bed. And she said, he said, Mom, come here. I want you to look out this window. You see that moon right there? One day I'm going to walk on it. And so she looked at little Jimmy and said, that's cute, Jimmy. Go to bed. <laughs> Thirty-two years later, he became one of 12 people, listen to me, to step foot on the moon because he was willing to believe in something bigger. He was willing to, to go beyond the limits of what the mind can think. Are you with me here this morning? And so God wants to operate that way. His grace is sufficient. He, he's there for us. He, he meets every need. And so it's a divine influence. Grace, listen to me, it breaks the limits off your life, but it's not a temporary fix. And, and, and as we get a hold of that, it makes a big difference because we're, you know, we're limited. I grew up in a, in a faith family, but there was always poverty. I grew up, you know, my dad's starting churches and in and out and doing all these things. And at the time, he's plowing down trees. I get it. But he would, be, he would just step out to do things. And so I had a view of God that, that there was a limitation, that if you were going to serve God, it was nothing but suffering. And so I remember not having groceries. And mom saying, hey, I'm believing God for groceries. And they're out reaching people. And I'm watching them reach people as an 8-year-old boy thinking, man, this stinks. And, and God would always come through. Somebody would show up. You, you pastor kids know what I'm talking about. And, 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 and God would show up and groceries would be delivered and it was great. We got through the moment the temporary fix was fixed and, you know, I watched this process and, and those kind of things. And, but it did something to me on the inside where when I, you know, I hit a certain point in life in my, in, in my 30s where I was like, man, I'm tired. And I don't want to, I, I kind of stepped out of the grace of God. I said, you know, I'm tired. I, I, I'm tired of that. And my mindset was there's always this, this struggle. And listen, there's always pain, and there are always things like that. But listen, God does. He's a victory God. My mind was messed up. And so 
in that process, and actually didn't get completely changed until one day uh, after I came on staff here, and I was sitting in the office with Pastor Walt, and I said, okay, what changed? I said, something changed between, the, you know, in, in, a, in a five or ten year period there. And I asked him, and he told me the story, and I've said this before, about, uh, about how the, the scripture tells us to occupy and to do business. And ever since that day, something in me changed, and I began to realize, wait, you don't have to be broke and serve God. You don't have to be defeated, you know what I'm saying? And I received a fullness of grace into my life that was a different place. But for 30-something years, I lived in that mindset, always expecting, to lo- always expecting the worst to happen. And it was only more a view in me. It wasn't a view of everyone else. It was like in me. And I was like, I'm okay being that way. I'm okay taking that kind of heat. But it wasn't a healthy mentality. You know, in John chapter 5, there was a man with an infirmity for, for uh, uh, over 30 years that would sit at a certain spot at the pool of Bethesda. And in that spot, the, the, there was two pools there. We were there a few weeks ago. And so there was two pools there, and the angels of God would come stir the water, and the person that got in first would be healed. So this man sits there for, for day after day, year after year, hoping to, be, hoping to be healed. And one day Jesus walks along, looks at the man, and says, you know, what do you want me to do for you? He said, well, I can't get in that water. He said, every time the angel stirs, somebody jumps in ahead of me, and I don't have anybody to to put me in the water to get healed. Jesus said, take up your bed and walk. And it was on the Sabbath day, by the way, which means you you didn't lift the bed. Come on, on the Sabbath day. And Jesus, if you study it out, was intentional because he needed to get the word out to tick everybody off so he could be crucified, right? And so, but he tells him, take, take up your bed and walk. And so the man's walking around with his bed, and can you imagine being in that mindset all those years, over 30 years, with the mindset that, that I'm always having to wait, and nobody cares enough in a 30-something-year period to push me into that pool? He should have been in West Texas, because we're a little bit different. We probably would have threw him in, right? And so the process of grace, Jesus walks in, and, and what he was teaching was this. It, it, he, he's looking at the man and said, as long as your desire is just that temporary, that pool, that temporary grace, that, 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 that limited grace, you know, then, then there's a mindset that that's the only way to be healed. Jesus comes in and says, I'm bringing oceans of grace. I'm bringing full empowerment. I'm bringing a revolution. Come on, somebody. I'm bringing, I'm bringing something that's bigger than just, just getting your feet in the water. I'm about to soak you and throw you in the middle of the ocean. And so listen, do we want to live in a temporary fix? Do we want to live in a limited grace? Or do we want to live in the fullness of God at full capacity, stepping into what he has for us? Come on, laying down the old man and walking in the new. And listen, God wants new beginnings and, and there's things there. So, so we don't want to operate in limited grace. Why, why do we, you know, and, and I understand why, just like I did for all those years, but I chose to continue to believe that this is just the way that it is. Some of you are sitting here today, listen, God wants to light a fire in your life. He wants to light something on the inside of you today to realize there's some things that I've got to break off of my life, and I can't do it on my own. It's, if we did that, we could boast. That's what Paul said. But it's in the fullness of the grace of God coming to work on the inside of you. Come on, that lights something up so that you'll go from where you are today to where God wants you to be. And if you'll get, if you'll, you'll get inspired enough to stay with that. And listen, and, 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 and I understand how the enemy works in all those things. And about the time you step out, there's going to be this attack, this little thing. I, we get all that. Listen, we live it. Listen, any time in the weeks that... That we're preaching, there's always some little aggravation along the way. It could be a cold, could be this, could be that. 
And, and listen, we understand that when you step out to do something that's bigger than you are, there's going to be attacks. But the good news is that Jesus bruised his heel on the devil's head. There's victory. Come on, we just sang about it. There's confidence in the name of Jesus. And it's higher and it's greater. Those aren't just cute songs. That's so that you can get the word of God on the inside of you so that your faith can go to work. So that when you walk out of these doors, come on, you can go be the light that God's called you to be. And connect people with God's purpose. And so grace, grace brings that into our life. It's a rescue. Listen, grace rescues us from the power of darkness. It rescues us from sin. Get that in your life today. You've been rescued. You've been bought with a price. Grace opened the door for that. When Jesus went to the cross and took all those beatings and all those things, come on, it wasn't so we could sing Kumbaya in our best Hawaiian shirt on a Sunday morning. Listen, it, it was so that we could live the abundant life. We could go and live this life that he's called us to live with, with passion and faith and stepping out to do things that are bigger than we are. And so he, he rescues us from this. And, and what I love about it is he rescues us from sin with the, with, the, with the heart that we'll never return back to that old place again. Now, does it happen? Yes, and grace does apply to that. But, but, but there's a whole other thing I want to talk about here in a second. Are you with me this morning? And I'm flying through my notes. I haven't preached in five weeks here. So, so grace rescues us from sin. It rescues us from darkness. Number two. Grace brings the power. Listen, it brings power into your situation. It brings power. We just sang about that. How many of you need some power in your situation? And one thing that I've learned is we've got to get out of the, the instant gratification mode of, of what we think God operates in. Right? And, and, and it's real easy to, to, to I've got to have it now. It's a, you know, we understand the microwave society. We understand how, how easy it is to, to get trapped into things. But, but how many of you know delayed gratification has its power. You know, Sheena was talking about a while ago waiting on the Lord and, 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 and how you're waiting for him to come through. But in that waiting, how many of you know it's not, just a, it's not just a sitting back and doing nothing? It's like a waiter. Come on. They put, my dad used to teach it this way. He'd, he'd take a towel and put it over his arm. And it, it's like a, a waiter waiting to serve, a waiter anticipation that somebody's about to come to their table and that they'll have the opportunity to serve. So as you're waiting on the Lord, how many of you know you're serving his will? You're, you're, you're serving with a passion that's greater than you are, and it's not just waiting for him to come up and rescue. It's a partnership. And in that partnership of, of, of working with the Lord, somebody say, I work with God. That's why God says the church exists, is to equip you for the work of the ministry. And so, so in, in whatever capacity that is, could be usher, greeter, could be, you know, in any capacity out in the community, wh whatever that looks like for you, could be some nursery working going on, right, like Pastor Walt says, and, and I didn't get any hand claps on that, come on, and, 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 and we need to understand that, but, but God brings power into our situation, and so as we're, we're, we're waiting patiently, and we're allowing, we're allowing God to set things up because how many of you know God doesn't operate, in, and again, he doesn't operate in our limitations. He doesn't operate in our time frame. He doesn't operate in, 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 in the way that we, you know, that we think. We, we think so limited. God, you know, God even redeems time. God can redeem time, which, which means that he can accelerate things in your life and, and has the ability to reshift what the enemy's stolen and and. and you know, all those kind of things. It's really powerful. God is, God is not limited. We sometimes look and say, how's it, how's my life? how am I going to change as I'm walking this out? Listen, God brings the power. You don't bring the power. You just agree. Come on, somebody, and let God's will go to work in your life. 
And so, listen, it saved you a lot of money and time just figuring that out right there. And uh, I'm talking about counseling and those kind of things, but those are important too. But God brings power into our situation. You know, I was telling the story the other day when Kelly and I came back to the, you know, God brought us back to the life church, you know. Uh, we, you know, we just came in as back rowers. Come on. And, and we came in, there was, there was 10 pastors and, and all, you know, big staff and this thing's going on. And, and I was like, man, let's just walk this out and see where it wants to go. Pastor Walt began to talk to us. And through the process, just looking how God rearranged and ordered things and all of a sudden, you know, you go from here and, and, and God places you in different positions of influence and, and those kind of things. He, he, he's the only one that can work that kind of stuff out. But it's not in our power. Like Paul said, I, I love the way he said that. He said, you know, teaches that, that Jesus, he said, Jesus said to him, my grace is sufficient for you. That ought to be enough. Does that make sense? My grace is sufficient for you. Okay, I'm not going to worry. You know, he takes care of the birds, he's going to take care of me. I'm not going to figure out how it's going to happen. I'm just willing to walk it out with God. Does that make sense? Oh, the ending's always a lot better that way. Come on. Look at your neighbor and say, that's good preaching right there. And, and that's a, if you're getting anything, get that. My grace is sufficient. That's Jesus. My grace is sufficient, right? My grace is sufficient. So I'd rather have the sufficient one, come on, working with me and, and me working with him than, than to be out there trying to figure something out on my own. You know, it's like, it's like trying to put a grill together and not read the directions. It's never, it, you know, I finally learned that in life. My wife's right. Just directions work. Come on. You can only buck the system so long. But grace is sufficient. God has a way of rescue. I was reading a story, powerful story of Elisha and the axe head in the Bible. And you don't, you don't hear a lot of that preached. And when you do, it's, it's, it's usually not preached correct. But, but I was looking at the story. If you look at the life of Elijah, that's in 2 Kings, uh, mine went blank, 2 Kings chapter 6, yes, uh, verses 1 through 6, if you want to study it out. We don't have time to read it this morning. But Elisha replaced Elijah. And Elijah was a powerful, powerful prophet and, and, and had his assignment in the earth. And God, God brings Elisha along to be trained. They both functioned differently. It was, it, it was pretty neat how that situation was. Both powerful prophets. But Elisha was the one that God chose to take them on, you know, to, to, to rebuild and, and to go to the Jordan River and all that kind of stuff. And so e- Elisha's taken this crew to start over so that they could keep peace. How many of you know they're... There were prophets of Baal. There was false worshipers. And Elisha wasn't going to have anything to do with that. He believed that, that God uh, is the one and, and there's no other gods before him. So he's, he's taught the people this. He's a prophetic voice. He teaches them, hey, let's go down to the Jordan River and we're going to rebuild a place that we can dwell in. Everybody say that we can dwell in. And so Elisha takes this group of people and they, and, they, and, and they begin to build, they begin to cut down trees. And what you got to understand is there's a man, he's cutting down a tree, he has an axe in his hand, that axe head flies off, floats away, lands in the Jordan River. Now, I don't know if it's the same as it was back then, but we were at the Jordan River a couple weeks ago, and listen, you can't see nothing in that thing. If something falls in there, you're pro- you're pro- it's probably gone, right? And you got to understand that an axe head at that time and place was, was the equivalent of big operational machinery. And, and it'd be like having a $150,000 tractor or Lamborghini or something. And so this man runs to Elisha and looks at him and says, hey, he said, the accent's fallen into the water. And he said, he said the problem is it's borrowed. And, and, and you got to understand that, that a borrowed axe head 
in anything in that time. How many of you know the borrower is servant to the lender? And so in that process, he, he, say, he, he runs to him and says, what are we going to do? It's borrowed because he knew in his own mind that because I borrowed that axe head, that I'm now servant to the man that it belongs to. And I'm going to have to sell myself. I'm going to have to, I'm going to, have to sell myself just to, just to get this back. Again, an axe head was a rare item at the time, and it had, it had tremendous value. And so this young man's looking at Elisha. Elisha looks at him and says, where, where did it go in the water? He walks over with him, takes a stick. He said, it's over there. He throws the stick in the water, and then the axe head floats to the top. Now, I'm from the north side. Come on, somebody. I'm not very smart. Listen to me. Axe heads don't float. Right? Axe heads don't float. And, 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 and in this process, Jesus takes this wood and he throws it in there and this axe head comes to the top. This story is not just a miracle of something cool. This story is a representation of who Jesus is and what he's done in our life. When he threw the wood in the water, it's representation of the cross. It's representation of the wood that it would take for Jesus to take all of our pain and all of our suffering. And when that axe head floated to the top, it was God's way of showing that, young man, I brought you to the Jordan River to rebuild. I brought you here to, to, to live a different life with a different type of peace, not under idolatry and all the, the sorcery and the witchcraft and all those kind of things. I'm looking for a people who will shout my name. And so at that point, this young, this, he, he, he looks at this young man, but when it floated to the top, God was saying, I brought you here, and you're not returning to your past. You're not returning to the old places and, and slavery and all those kind of things that I make the axe head, axe head float, and it's in representation, listen, of what Jesus is doing in our life today. That he, get, he went to the cross, he took our shame, he took our punishment, he took all these things upon himself so that we don't have to return, come on, to the old ways that once we step into grace, we step into the fullness of God in relationship and we begin to walk that thing out. And many people struggle with that, with that condemnation mindset that, hey, I'm walking in and I'm walking out of grace. I'm walking in and I'm walking out of grace. And God says, I don't know where you're trying to walk to. Come on, if I could make the axe head, uh, axe, axe head float to save that man, listen to me, I can give you the power to live the life that I've called you to live. And we don't have to go back and forth. If we'll get it right on the front end, listen. It will get it right when we get, you know, you give your life to Jesus. How many of you have given your life to Jesus in the last five years? Well, then you're hearing it at the right time. Listen to me. Let's get it right now. Let's get it right now. So that as we step into this thing, listen to me. We're, we're not going to be like yo-yos where we're in and we're out and we're up and we're down. We're, there's stability in the name of Jesus. And just like God has shown us that, that he took care of that young man, who would have been had to go sell himself back into slavery to even try to pay for that axe head. That axe head had a value in its time. Imagine that. Imagine trying to build this building with an axe. Imagine trying to do those kind of things. That, and the functionality doesn't even make sense to us, but to that man at that time, that was a big deal. When that axe head went into that water, all his dreams went with it. When that axe head went into that water, listen to me, his future went away in his mind. What I love about it is he didn't try to hide it. He ran to the man of God. He ran to the, he ran to the right place, and he, and he told him, hey, I was, I was chopping this thing, and our revenue just went in the creek. God can work with that, church. God can work with that. And he takes this whole, whole deal, and he turns it around, 
and, 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 and has the implementation to say, hey, you're not going back. You're not going to be up and down. You're not going, I've got your back. Come on, somebody. And that representation of the wood is the same representation in your life today. You're sitting here today under the name that's above every name. You're sitting here today under the empowerment, the full empowerment of grace. Grace isn't, let, let's get over the elementary discussion that grace is the ability to get away with sin. Grace is the ability to defeat sin and the power that comes with it and the past that comes with it. Come on, somebody, so that we can walk into a new hope, into a new future. Stand to your feet with me this morning. Father, we thank you today for your goodness. Lord, we thank you today that, that, that we, we want to participate. We want to be a part of this grace. We want to be a part, Father, of the power of grace and the fullness that you have and the, and the ability to walk this thing out in the name of Jesus. And, Father, the ups and the downs and the ins and the outs, I believe for some that discussion is going to end today. And maybe you're here today and maybe you feel like Elisha's worker did where he, he was like, man, when that, when that went into that water and all that pat, all, all his dreams were shot, or maybe, maybe the future didn't look as good, or maybe you're at a place you're wondering, what's my future look, at, look like? I'm here to tell you today, in Jesus, it looks real good. In Jesus, it looks real good. But if you're here, every head bowed and every eye closed, and you say, Pastor, I want to walk in this fullness of grace. I want to take the step to truly connect. I, 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 I'm not looking to get away with something. I'm looking to embrace everything that God has for me into a new level, a new life, into the fullness of grace. If that's you this morning, just lift your hand. I want to pray with you this morning. I see those hands. And we're just going to pray, and we're going to believe today, and I believe that God's going to do something new. And we'll pray in just a second to that. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. If I died today, I don't know that heaven would be my home. And I, I don't want to take that chance. I want to walk in this. I want, to, I want to receive him as Lord of my life with a brand new future. If that's you, raise your hand this morning. I want to pray. We're going to lead you in prayer. I see that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand, a few other hands. We're going to pray and deal with some business this morning. But then we're going to release God's fullness, come on, into your life. And as you walk out, listen to me, there's a whole new level. There's a new way of operating. Get in a group. Be in church. I mean, all these things are important. There's certain things that God does, but in our waiting, in our serving, there's certain things that we do and are called to do. And it's not hard. It's just a matter of stepping out. But if you're here today and, you, and you're ready to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, I want to ask the church to pray. Say this with me. Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. I receive everything that you have for me. I believe with my heart. Confess with my mouth that you, God, raised Jesus from the dead. And today I'm a new creation. My past is, is away, put away. It's defeated. It is wiped away as far as the east is from the west. It's a new day in Jesus' name. Come on, give the Lord a hand for that. Amen. And for those that raise your hand and, and, and you want prayer and you're ready to step out in the fullness of grace, I just want you to meet me right here. We're going to pray real quick together this morning. Step out. Let's just meet right here. Come on, I saw you raise your hands. There you go. Give them a big hand as they come. This is God's operating. It's just a step. It's a step. It's a step. And I believe God has some things for you. I, I said it earlier. It's not just for the chosen few. But the Bible does say it this way. This story, it says, many are called, but few are chosen. 
Many are called, but few are chosen. And, and I felt like the Lord showed me this years, years ago. It's not that God goes around and saying, hey, I'm choosing you, but not choosing you. And I'm going to choose you, but not choose you. And it's not how he operates. Many are called, but few are chosen. And the real reason that few are chosen is because they don't do this. And that's really all it takes is, is what you just did, to step out. Listen, my life was changed in an altar. I believe in altars. Listen, my life was changed in an altar. It's a convention center. And, and, and when God operates, so you're not just stepping out to go back to where you came from. You're stepping out to go where God wants you to go. Listen, so, so and I always like to say this. When you walk out of here and the little attacks start and the argument starts of where we're going to eat and all those kind of things and can't make up your mind, and then you run into somebody, that's not going to happen today, but listen to me. Listen to me. Those are just, those are just distractions. They're just distractions, and, and, and we're here to help you. So let's defeat the distraction, because tomorrow will just become an excuse. If you let the distraction get you, it becomes an excuse. Tomorrow you're stepping out and saying, hey, this may come at me, but I know who, who, who makes axe head float, right? I mean, he's, that's the only time in history I think an axe head has floated. So think back to that moment and say, hey, if, the axe head, if, Je if Jesus can make an axe head float, I think he can handle my situation. And he believes in you. But stretch your hands out to him this morning. Come on, we're family, connecting people with God's purpose. And just say this with me. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I receive my full empowerment. Holy Spirit, you've spoken to me today. And I want to respond. I've stepped out. I receive your fullness. I step into the fullness of grace. I have all of you now, Lord. You're not limited by my need. You're not limited by my problems. You're not limited by time. You're not limited in power. So I receive all the power today. I receive everything you have for me. And I declare every limit from my past is broken. My past no longer speaks today. I have a future in Jesus. And I'm going to walk this out by faith and not by sight. In Jesus' name. Now, Father, anoint their lives. Take them to where you want them to be. Father, we release that today in their lives. And as we walk out of here today, there's victory, Lord. There's something new, something fresh, something seasoned. And, Father, you're seasoning this, this new generation of believers. Father, those that are stepping out and getting saved, we ask you to give them the new beginning, to give them the new opportunities, Father, but also the boldness to come before your throne in their time of need and in all those things. They'll run to you first. Listen to me. I feel like this, the Holy Spirit's saying to that, run to me first. Run to me first. The scripture says, seek first the kingdom of God. You've tried running to family. You've tried running to circumstance. You've tried running to the bank. You've tried running in many of these capacities, running to your neighbor, anybody that would listen. But I, I just sense that strong. God's saying that to somebody. Run to me first. Run to me first and allow... And this is what's spirit, and allow my alignment to come into place in Jesus' name. And, Father, we release that today. We release healing. We release joy, Father God, joy that takes us to new places. Victory today as we walk this out. Listen to me. And just because you step out in faith, and, and I've seen this many times, things may not, may not come to, to completion like you think that they're going to. Because as humans, we try to create the idea. We try to create the picture of what, what it's going to look like as we're walking this thing out. Listen, God is the sufficient one. Jesus is sufficient. My grace is sufficient. You just walk the journey. Let God figure that other stuff out. 
For some, he's going to remove some things out of your life. For some, he's going to bring some new people into your life, some new counsel into your life. But allow the sufficiency of his grace to take you to where God wants you to be. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand this morning. Bless you guys.